Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is great to be here. And uh, hello, Zach. Hi. And uh, we are, I guess, a, a disclaimer again that we are recording not in person, but oh, online. Yes. So there we go. That's our disclaimer. So, yeah, apologize for any inconsistencies in sound quality or the fact that uh, we're not actually in person and uh, talking across the table at each other. Darn. Bummer. But the good news is we can still see each other. Hi. You look great. Hi. (laughs) How exciting. Uh, Next time we see each other. um, Yeah, I'm hopefully, hopefully it'll be in person. That's my hope. Yes. I know. All right. All right. Let's uh, talk about Enneagrams in depth. Okay. We're going to go in depth a little bit here. And um, some of this is going to be stolen completely from somebody else's website. Let's be honest with this as much as possible. It's not plagiarism if you admit it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That's how that works, right? So some of this is coming off of the Enneagram Institute, some, uh, dot com. Some of this is coming off of your Enneagram Um, great places, websites that you can use. Some of it's just stuff I've, I've looked up and I was curious about, um, uh, different things. So I looked it up over different things and some of it's come off of Reddit and some of it's in, and different websites and people that are out there thinking about this stuff way more than you and I. So thank you for all those people that are out there thinking about this way more than you and I, because uh, this is not how I want to spend my whole life digging into this stuff. And those that do like God uh, will bless you in such a rich way for helping us understand ourselves and and finding that there's so much in this. Again, a lot of this is stemmed from conversations we had last spring in Timothy training, where we had Debbie Lajinski and Carla Drader come in as teachers, uh, and they taught at Timothy training with us, and we went through the Enneagram, and we did, I think we did three sessions with them. We did one where it was kind of like introduction, here's some Enneagram stuff, go and do some testing and see what you find out. Then we came back and we kind of argued with them about, I don't like this, or I like this about myself, and we learned a little bit more about um, those three groupings we talked, those three triads we talked about last time. So we talked, uh, if you missed the last episode, there's nine Enneagram types. They're given numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, type two, three, and four are grouped together. Um, so that is the, the helper, the achiever, and the individualist. So two is a helper or giver. Um, they're known to be more caring and interpersonal that, you know, they're really, uh, compassionate, uh, three is the achiever. Uh, they're success oriented. They're pragmatic. Like this leads to this leads to this, like, let's just get this done and, and, and achieve what we're here to to do. Let's get it done. You need those people. They, They drive you forward. They're great. Uh, the four is the individualist. They're more sensitive. They're more, sometimes they're seen as more withdrawn. Uh, they're, they're, they tend to be, uh, emotive. These are the, the artists, the, 
songwriters, right? These are the, these are poets. These are those individualistic, uh, not individualistic, but the individualist. So two, three, and four is a first triad. I'm going to, I'm, I'm rambling here. You good? Yeah, that's great. Okay. Keep going. You're okay. Good. So that first triad, uh, they are heart driven. And uh, so then in our second session with Carla and Debbie, we talked about how heart driven uh, they're driven. Um, they, they think with their hearts. They're about that emotion and uh, really important because it was. Um, uh, so there's, there's the key there was shame that they are kind of motivated through shame. And, and so that was a tough thing to understand the healthy aspects of shame as a group. Uh, the second group, section uh, five, six, and seven, the second triad, five, six, sevens, are head people. So the five is the investigator. They're really intense. They're the cerebral people. They, they're looking for information and knowledge. They want to know why something's working the way it is. They're, they're the investigator. Six is the loyalist. Uh, sometimes seen as the skeptic as well, because right? they're always, they're questioning stuff, but they're really loyal in what they're doing. They are questioning because they are really committed, um, but they're security oriented. So they want to know that it's a safe investment and that the people they're leading or the thing they're doing is, um, is, is really protected. Um, and then the seven one is the enthusiast. So they are really uh, fun-loving, busy people. Uh, they, they seem to be driven by fun. These are all head people. And their underlying uh, emotion that drives a head person, that triad, uh, tends to be fear or anxiety. So uh, the five is investigating why, because they need to know why something works, right? There's that underlying anxiety about not knowing. Um, the loyalist is asking questions because, you know, and it is, uh, how do we know that this is the best decision we're making for everybody? Um, the enthusiast is busy and fun loving and anxiety drives them because what if the party stops, <laughs> right? Like what if, if I'm found out? Um, uh, so yeah, head. And uh, again, there was that sense of, of anxiety being a negative emotion and how that can be a really positive emotion. Um, and that was a really tough thing, to again, to wrap our heads around. The final triad is the eight, the nine, and the one. So the eight is the challenger or the protector. Um, the nine is the peacemaker. And the one is the reformer or the perfectionist. Uh, we often see these, uh, they're really rational. They're really idealistic. It's black and white. There's rules for a reason. Uh, we have a process for a reason, right? Those are the ones they, uh, they may not yeah. seem like a perfectionist, but perfectionism takes different, uh, things. Eight, nine, and one are gut driven. They react. They're more reactive people. Um, and they just feel something. It's not, they're not rational, like rational in their head, like the five, uh, the six and the seven. They're more, their gut is the, I just feel it. I just know. And uh, really, 
So, and the underlying emotion there is anger. And uh, man, that was like a light bulb moment for me when I heard that. <laughs> because um, I've often been driven by anger and it can yeah. be really negative, right? Like I can like, hey, I just want to pick a fight because I haven't fought with anybody today. Um, and people are like, why are you always fighting? And, uh, it's like, well, I'm, I'm, this is how I'm, I'm the challenger. I'm an eight. I want to fight. It, it's how I feel value, but it's, it's also how I am creative because I'm like, well, why are we doing this the way we're doing it? And, um, uh, let's push into that and let's get it done and let's just drive forward. Um, you've often laughed at me because I'll be like, you're like, Hey, let's do this. And I'm just often doing it. And I'm like assigning people. And you're like, we haven't even talked about this. It was just an idea. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's do it. And then you're like, no. And then we're fighting and we're like, wow, because we're both challengers. Like, like we're going to work out our idea by pushing back and forth on each other and uh, fighting it through and refining it and chipping off those edges and getting something that we really want. So anger can be a negative, but it can be really positive in that it's something fierce and fiery and it creates that emotion to drive. Uh, Julia, as a nine, often wondered, like, why am I always have this underlying anger? Why do I want to, you know, uh, and it's that as a peacemaker, she's looking for justice, right? And justice is what drives them. Uh, the, ref the, the reformer, the perfectionist, isn't driven by the need to be perfect, but the idea that, that God is perfect. And in his design, we've broken it with our sinful natures. And that hurts God. And that's where their anger comes from. Like, how do we make this, how do we make it right again? Is often what drives a, not, a one. And uh, so it was really interesting to see again, like how it's, it's not a negative emotion, but can be a really positive emotion, right? So shame, we, we have learned so much about how shame has destroyed our culture. In the last 10 years, we've talked about this really openly, where we have, uh, we can see that in our culture. Um, but they're like, no, like shame is also what makes us put our clothes on in the morning. So we're not walking outside naked, right? Like it's, it's not a negative emotion when it's like, I need to be modest. That's, it's the other okay. side is, <laughs> is, is what drives modesty. The other side of shame is what drives compassion. The other side of shame is what drives uh, wanting to make sure that everyone's included and that no one is taking the blame for something they shouldn't be taking the blame for. Um, so there's a really healthy side to it that we, we don't see in our modern understanding of some of these, these topics or these words. Uh, response, Zach. Yes. Uh, well, I was just going to say I confirmed I'm an eight. I was pretty sure, but I just confirmed it. Um, <laughs> so you're talking about fighting, anger. It's weird because I never like to get in fights, never. So I'm not sure what that's all about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you and i never disagree you've never played never. devil's advocate for what? no never no i didn't um, think so that's what's wonderful about it yeah. so um <laughs> so i kind of want to take like we kind of went through that in a, like a really breakneck speed I, I love the enneagram coach because what they do is they put uh a, 
an adjective with each one. So, um, so yeah, the one is the prince of principled reformer. And it's not just like, like, I think we have to be really oh, careful yeah. when we start talking about the Enneagram um, that we don't, uh, what's the word pigeonhole. We don't put anybody in a box. I don't yeah. want you to just be like, Oh, my, my brother is a one that they're just such a perfectionist. Right. But right. no, like, like there's something about it. That's like, they're a principled reformer, like the rules and principle and understanding control is really important to them. And, and they want to make it better. It's not because they have a desire to be perfect. It's that they want to make it better. And we've lost, uh, our, our sense of that understanding with the way we've used the word perfectionist as a really negative label on people in our society. Right. They're idealistic. They really want what's best. Uh, they want to strive for, for doing it right. Like why not give a hundred percent and also get a hundred percent like that yeah. just makes sense to them. Like I'm putting, um, Yeah. And, and the same thing with the helper, like the number two, they're like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I, I'm not a servant, but they're often driven by that servant gift. Um, but they're the nurturing supporter. I love that term. The nurturing supporter is a two. Um, the three isn't this win at all cost achiever. They're the admirable achiever. They're the person you want on your team that keeps them driving forward. It says, let's go for gold like let's not settle for anything less like there there's something that's really admirable in that um what do they have four is the introspective individualist right they're not emotional they're not um aloof they're not withdrawn they mm. are introspective they are thinking they are like they're cared deeply they're very heart-driven people they just seem different from especially from a seven or an eight who's like boom let's just do this right right um what do we have here the five is the analytical investigator right that's great um six is the faithful guardian uh six would be like an owen owen holbrook as our program director <laughs> was that that faithful guardian like how do i make sure that everyone's included and cared for and protected and that's, that's like the loyalist person, right? That that's one? the loyalist. Yeah, that's that's that faithful person. Right. Um, seven, the enthusiastic optimist. Wow, you can really pick, usually pick these out in a crowd. Uh, unless they've gone to their stress self, which I think is probably a four. <laughs> and then they seem really withdrawn and emotional. Um, the eight is the passionate protector, the challenger. Uh, I love that passionate protector. And then nine is the peaceful accommodator rather than just the peacemaker. It's that peaceful accommodator. Really neat um, to see it in that light with that, that different um, adjective added to it. Yeah. I think it just gives it a little more fullness. Um, yeah. One of the things, the comments you made in, in the interim was that it's really easy for people to misidentify yeah. their type. And uh, do you want to just say something about that? It was one of the things. Uh, no, like, I mean, on the Enneagram Institute website, there's a whole section of misidentification. 
And so maybe if you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm this or this, or I think the test was wrong, I think I'm this, you can go on there and find one of the types and then you just click on the other number with it and it'll kind of tell you like, um, like so for me, if I go on to eight and then I click on one, for example, yeah, it'll be like, yeah, they're both uh, in the instinctive triad. They have strong wills, so action-oriented, um, strong notions on how to do things, but ones will try to convince others to do the right thing, um, whereas eights will rely on their own self-confidence and attempt to sway others by their gut convictions. So that's just an example of how it'll kind of say why they're similar, but start breaking them apart. And then it might help you kind of identify which one you actually are, or like see why the test put you in a certain one, or maybe it did put you in the wrong one. It's not perfect. It's just like a 50 question test. Like <laughs> you can only tell so much, especially if you put the middle answer for half the questions, you're not going to get the most accurate results. So, um, right. We're, we're yeah. dealing with this in a 20 minute podcast. Yeah. Like, like I got, we're, we're not, trying to set anybody up for uh self-revelation here yeah no like yeah (laughs) this is just like a little tool this isn't gonna like change your entire outlook on life or it shouldn't um like i got eight and then my second highest was one and i think last time my second highest was seven interesting yeah it's one of those two i don't know which one this time seven was fourth highest though like for some reason six was third which i don't know about that just be how i'm feeling today and how i answer the questions so um could be (laughs) the main thing is eight is true but yeah i do see myself like the next biggest things being one and seven but again like i said like last week is that it's not like you don't have you're gonna see parts of yourself in all these things like there'll be some sort of sentence or descriptor in all of these that you're like you can identify with it's not like you're not any it's not like you're not one of these things. Um, right, right, right. I'm never like, it's not like I'm never the peaceful mediator. Like I can be that. I have been that. Um, it just happens to be my lowest. I'm just, I'm just least, I'm just most, least often that. <laughs> Cause that's, that's probably the perfect opposite to what uh, my natural state would be. So anyway, I just think, yeah, like it's cool to see what you kind of come out as and like is that what you thought of yourself already like did you have a good sense of your own traits and personality or did you no i just mean in general like to take this test like do you have a good sense or not like are you like holy crap this is i didn't know any of this like or yeah i already knew all this this is nothing new either way some of those are really great too because um so I, I think part of the reason so many people are pushing in and talking about the Enneagram right now is so many people are changing jobs, right? There's so such a massive shift in the workforce that they're starting to call it the great resignation. Like yeah. Wasn't it like 40% or some ridiculous yeah, it's number? Huge, 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 huge. That are going to change um, jobs over the pandemic. Yeah, I was it was the last stat I saw something like one in three pastors is expected to leave. Um, That's a lot. And we don't have enough pastors as it is. There's not enough churches to share Jesus with all of Canada. If suddenly a third of them leave, I don't think they that we have enough pastors replacing that, right? No. There's not enough people trained to become pastors. Um 
or even that they want to be pastors. Um, but I think what we're, what I'm looking at is like understand the Enneagram. If I'm looking at changing my job, understanding who I am and how I see the world and how I function in it, maybe I'm looking for a different career. And some of these Enneagram types will fit really well with different careers, right? Um, the investigator, the analytical investigator, or the, uh, the perfectionist, right? The, the, the reformer who wants to find that rational, idealistic um, way. Like, so if you're a five or a one, maybe you want to be in computer programming. <laughs> where you, It's really important that you write good code <laughs> or figuring out why something's not working right. Um, if you're looking at, you know, really being an achiever or a challenger, maybe you really want to be in sales. It's something that has to drive you. And, and there's that yeah. finish line every month. And there's always something to be driving for that's next. And um, yeah, really interesting to look at those different, uh, how does the Enneagram influence a career that I'm looking at? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it might help you make a decision on a path that you choose. Um, sure. I wouldn't let like threes 50... would make great, great, great doctors and nurses, right? Like, yeah, or, I, wouldn't, or... I wouldn't let a 50 question test, like make you quit school and change your career now, but it just might help no. you might help guide you in your decision. If you have a couple options or whatever. Right. So for sure. Um, and if you're really interested in it, there's so many great books and resources out there and there's, there's secular and sacred approaches to the Enneagram, right? There's non-Christian and Christian approaches right. to the Enneagram. There's, Religious and non-religious, however you want to say that. Yeah. Um, so a really fun uh, exercise I did was look up uh, the animal type for each Enneagram. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I'm just curious. If you were, a, um, so you're an eight, what do you think the animal type would be traditionally for an eight? Uh... A lion, <laughs> a, I guess. I a lion, <laughs> a lion or a bull is what I found the most of. Okay, I don't like uh, that. What's that? I don't really like that, but okay. You don't. <laughs> well, the lion is is known as the protector. Uh, right. They protect their their pride, like they protect the other lions uh, and their right. hunting ground and they're carrying. So lions much nicer than a bull. They're strong. Well, the bull would probably be the negative side, right? right. Where you just run over people. Um, the rate anger would become rage and you just kind of run off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the one would be the Eagle. One is an Eagle or sometimes a beaver or a bee. Ugh, Eagle's nicest for that one. Yeah. But the bee, right. They're, 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 they're busy. They work hard. They're independent. Um, busy as a beaver. Like they're really constantly working at building something better. What'd you find for two dog? Oh, see, I, this one says pelican. Dog is yeah, I've seen better. pelican. Pelican, yep. that's just weird. Nobody knows what pelican is. No, but uh, most often it's a dog. Okay, tiger for three. How's a tiger and a lion any different? It's the tiger or the peacock is what I've often what? I've saw mostly peacock. Those are totally different. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the peacock is is royal. It's uh, very bright, very achieving. Um, Go Jeff for four. Four is the cat. Yes, it says panther. So I guess 
okay. that works. So um, really interesting. I know which one you're looking at there. And the reason behind the Panther is really interesting. Okay. Um, I'm going to read it. Sure. It says fours are introspective and creative, um, which is like a Panther. Uh, they're the Keep types going. who face their shame and delve into it rather than a, repressing it or avoiding it. When fours are healthy, they use the self-awareness to become powerful, intuitive, and brave. They help people to understand the human condition and they express nuanced emotions through creative pursuits. Not seeing, not seeing the correlation there, but hey. Yeah. Often the cat is the one that's there. Because um, mm. cats have so many different uh, emotions to them. There is a, a mystic okay. aspect to a cat. There is an uh, introspective, arresting, uh, playful creative um yeah hard to to pen down with any one characteristic on a cat right and that tends to be the four five at all yeah um six i saw often i saw a deer uh, listed wolf so again that's a really creative one for the wolf because there's they're they're pack animals. They're really loyal to one another. Well, it just keeps talking about protection here, and that's eight, so that's a little weird. Yeah, the wolf, though, is seen as a guide. Yeah. And full of courage. I really liked it. I would want to be a wolf. Uh, seven, monkey. Or the otter. Or the otter, <laughs> yeah. Fun, loving, oh, uh, man. playful. Um. Uh, creative play yeah all right so eight's lion eight is the lion protector and leader whatever and then nine elephant elefante for why yeah and that's quite consistent is the elephant uh they're seen as um they they look out for the other animals they're um they're seen as a judge in traditional um indian and african cultures they see the elephant as wise and judging um, caring for all the animals, uh, inter- interceding um, to give assistance and caring for their their herd. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I just thought it would be an interesting sidebar that <laughs> we could kind of get off on a tangent and have a little fun with. Neato. Yeah, I know. So crazy. It's not a traditional approach to the enneagram. I don't think in any way, shape, or form. All right. Well, <laughs> anything else you want to add to this? No, I think, well, yeah, sure. I always like to add something else. Okay. Uh, nothing more to the discussion on the Enneagram, more about um, just the, the fact that it's really important to understand yourself. We, as a, um, uh, we tend to be really self, uh, so how am I trying to say this? As Christians, we tend to be really wary of any self-help uh, or any, like, we need to be really humble and depend on God, right? And so, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Those are the two, two primary commands, right? That's the great commandment. Um, Correct. And so, when you approach it from that point, uh, why do I need to know my Enneagram type? Or why am I doing any of these kind of self-tests? Um, but I think it's really important for us 
to um, to stop and look at do we know ourselves well? Like, can we love our neighbor if we don't know ourselves? Can we truly love our neighbor as ourselves if we have no clue who we are? Can we understand the uniqueness of who God's made us and how we function in community if we've never stopped to understand who we are, um, how we've been made, and and the the wonders of some of these tests is just how how we can work best in a community and and with one another. Right. Uh, Lumina Spark is one of the tools we've used. Uh, the M M Core test we've used in the past with Timmy training. Understanding the M Core is looking at what are your key motivators um, that motivate who you are and the decisions you make. So really important to understand that about yourself and uh, and what what moves you uh, into passion and and with compassion for others. So yeah, I, that's all. I just think it's really important topic, not the Enneagram itself, although that's a great tool for understanding and having these conversations with, with non-Christians and, and neighbors and just, you know, and, and then how does Jesus fit into it? How do we fit the, the fact that we've been made uniquely and, and that we can share Jesus out of who we are, whether we're an eight or a two or a five, um, Jesus fits into this, this concept of who we've been made and we've been uniquely gifted out of that personality to do different things for the body of Christ and to share the gospel. It's really neat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, anything else from you? No, that's it. I no. think everyone should just do it. Take the test. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk, um, hopefully in person, and we'll do some uh, some chats about some uh, hockey and football because. Uh, oh yeah, lots. Oh yeah, lots will have happened. Okay, yeah. So we'll <laughs> do that. All right. Uh, Thanks. Oh boy. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.